I believe God has issued an invitation to us. And I think he continues to issue that invitation, waiting to see if we were going to accept it or not. And I was praying the other day and he posed this question to me. And when he posed it to me, my first thought, well, I'm gonna pose it to them. And um, you know, it's like Stephen Curtis Chapman did a song a long time ago called Waiting for Lightning wonderful, wonderful song. And I know that many of us are waiting for a sign, waiting for that angel appearance, waiting for that trumpet before we something will kick over in us that causes us to actually step into the things that God has for us. Um, and so I'm just going to share it with you the way he shared it. Friday night and um, I'm gonna need anybody in this room who plays an instrument who sings or thinks they sing anyone who writes music or anyone who is a writer at all can I get you to come to the altar really really quick because I'm supposed to pray for you And if we have any praise team in the foyer, I need you to come in here now.
Okay. Wow. Do you see this, Kevin? Do you see the Levites in this? Oh, Jesus. Let me tell you what I saw in my dream Friday night. What I saw in my dream, I was standing back and I was looking at this building from the outside. And what I saw in my dream, it was as if there was an explosion of light and the walls literally went And this light began to ripple out through the community, out through the state, out through the, out through the nations. And I said, Lord, what is that? What just happened? And he said, I have released a sound. I have released a sound. And I believe that God is saying he's getting ready to release a sound from this room. And whether it is a music note or whether it is the lyrics of a song that God has given you that you haven't released yet, that you haven't given yet, what are you waiting for? What are you waiting for? We need to be doing the thing that God has called us to do. And some of you guys, you are musicians and you are Levites and you are writers and you're minstrels and it is time. 2024, I believe, is going to be the year that the Lord begins to release songs in this house that the nations will sing. This is going to be the year where words are spoken and sounds are released. So if that is you, I want you to know your answer is now. When the Lord, when you've been asking him, Lord, when, when am I supposed to do this? Now, now. So would you extend your hands for just a second? Pastor Kevin, come pray. Jonathan, come pray. There is no lack in the kingdom. No lack in the kingdom. I'm going to pray. Then Jonathan's going to pray. Then Kevin's going to pray. Father God, I thank you, Lord, for what you are about to release in this house. Father, I pray that you would make each and every person a steward of the gift that you have given them, Father, that they wouldn't hide it, that they wouldn't keep it back anymore. I'm asking, Father, that you release songs. I'm asking, Father, that, that you call up the musicians, that you call up the Levites, Father God, everyone in this space, Father, who has an offering of song or music music or creativity, Father. I speak release over them in the name of Jesus. Father, and I pray their gift would be dedicated, consecrated, set apart for you, Father. And because of it, Lord Jesus, change would take place. Father God, I just pray that your presence would lead us. God, you would lead our voices. You would lead our writing. You would lead our pens, Lord. Father, that it would be devoted to your glory, Jesus. Father, and I just pray that we would be unafraid and unashamed to proclaim the gospel, God, in our writing in creative and new ways, Father, Uh, not depending on things that we've heard before, Lord, not trying to replicate, Father, for anything other than your glory, God, in Jesus' name, amen. Father, I thank you that every good and perfect gift comes from you, and Father, as these people lay their yes on the table. May it be met with a glorious yes from you. I pray for a creative release like we have never seen in people's lives, Father God, in private spaces, in intimate spaces. God, I ask that you would release your anointing, that you would flow through, and that these would just be willing to go there, that there's no need to try to make it happen, but they would just step into the places with their yes on the table and their willingness to serve and render the gifting that you've given them, God. I pray, Lord, that you would use it all for your glory in Jesus name. Amen. 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 I charge you to get a notebook, 
just a simple notebook. Take a notebook and start writing down everything the Lord is showing you, everything he's saying to you. And I charge you, if you play an instrument, get it out and start playing like you're on the platform. Get it out. Begin to steward the gifts that God has given you. This house has everything it needs. God, there's no lack in the body of Christ. And you guys are crucial and pivotal to the vision that God has in this house. So be released to do what God has called you to do. Step up. What are you waiting for? Amen, amen. All right, amen. Okay, Jesus. Okay. Now I've got three minutes left and and we are going to have a blast. Listen, guys, this is what church is supposed to be. This is supposed to be everybody coming with a word or a testimony or a song or something that God has placed in your spirit. It isn't just about the person standing on the platform. It's about what God is doing in your life, what God is doing in your life. That's what's important. And so today we are going to jump in and we are going to talk about the authority of the word, um, the authority of the word. Can you stand with me? And we're going to read the word. And then we are going to touch on some high points. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. For you know it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you by your ancestors, but with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in the last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. Now that you have purified yourself by obeying the truth so that you have sincere love for each other, love one another deeply from the heart for you have been born again not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. All people are like grass and all their glory is like flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fail, but the word of the Lord endures forever. Father God, I thank you for your word. I thank you for the authority, the strength, the power, the, the way you back up your word. Your word says you watch over it to perform it. So Father, as your word is released today, Father, I am grateful that you are the one who performs it, not us. So Father, I pray that we have teachable hearts, Father, that we hear you, that we obey you, that we acknowledge the authority of the word of God in this place and in our lives, Father. Let my stuff fall in your stand in Jesus' name. And the body of Christ said, Amen. Amen. Okay, we have been charged with answering a question. Don't you love quizzes? The question this week is, why are Christians, someone should really read that who has glasses on. Why do Christians believe the word holds authority over their lives and what fruit comes from doing what it says? That's a big question. Why do believers, so now I'm speaking for millions, this is not going to work, that, that collective we, you know, if I, if I ask anybody, why 
Is the word of God important in your life? Why does it hold authority in your life? Everybody's going to have a different kind of answer. Like, hey, Fred Jones, why do you allow the word of God to have authority in your life? I'm asking you. Because of healing. Pastor Ronnie, why has the word got authority in your life? Never failed. Never failed. You never fail. Never fail. Sandy, why is the Lord, why is the word of God important in your life? It always proves to be true. Amen. And that would be the consistent nature of our responses. You know, anybody who has submitted their lives to the authority of the word, we do it because it works. We do it because there's life in it. And that's the thing that I loved about this first passage of scripture. The thing that struck me when it, it, it was sharing about the imperishable seed, the imperishable seed. You see, God comes, all of us, all of us, we're eternal creations. We are eternal creatures in our spirit. I don't believe our spirits ever die. Our, this flesh going to do what it does. But our spirits are eternal things. And, and this imperishable seed, it talks about through the living and enduring word of God, for you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Why is that important? Because it never stops. Because that seed, that word that he placed in your life, he watches over it to perform it. There's no death in it. It never stops working. That seed is not dependent upon the soil that it is in. It is the seed, the imperishable seed. And we are, we are changed. We are saved. We are renewed, refreshed, regenerated because of that seed. And here's the cool thing. See, I've always known the authority of the Word of God in my life. My, my parents were, you know, if you don't know, I grew up in the church and, and the, the Word of God was wielded in my home and it was for correction. You know, most often it was honor your father and mother that your days should be long upon the earth. But a lot of times it came out, across, uh, out like, I'm getting ready to shorten your days on the earth. And uh, everybody paraphrases the Word. We all just do it differently. And, uh, but that your days would be long upon the earth. And I preferred the promises, but it seemed that I got the corrective ones the most. But regardless, it was a foundation for our lives. And just like with Pastor Ronnie, he, he shared, you know, you walk through your house and depending on what's going on, if it's been a good day, you hear a lot of, thank you, Lord, you're so good. God, you're faithful. And if the car just broke down, it's an, I rebuke you, Satan, in the name of Jesus, you know, because it was this constant ongoing conversation. Here's the thing, this seed, this imperishable seed, this word of God that he places on the inside of you, it's an eternal thing. It's an eternal thing. And this word tells me that eternity has been written on the hearts of men. It's on the hearts of women too, because it's in there. And here's the beautiful thing. Because the word holds authority, when you begin to get into this word, when, when you start to really want to change your life, a worship service isn't going to do it. When you get ready to change your life and become a new creation in Christ Jesus, this is where you find it. This is where you find it. The word of God is alive and active and it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Where can I flee from? I tell you what, this word right here, where would I go? You alone carry the words of life. You alone have the words of life. These are the words of life. And here's the cool thing. 
This word, when it's released over your life, when you start reading it, I am the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. It begins to knock on that eternity that is written in your spirit. And all of a sudden you're like, what? He begins to awaken those things, the eternity that is written in your hearts. And he begins to awaken the human being that he created you to be by touching those places. This word has the ability to awaken the depths. The word tells us that deep calls to deep. And when you get into these words and you begin to allow them to have power and authority in your life, that eternity on the inside of you begins to awaken The second thing, you know what? I want to tell you one more thing about eternity. Here's a cool thing too. When I was studying this and thinking about it, Jessica, your husband came to my mind. Yeah. And, but here's the thing. The thing that struck me is Justin loves to dress as Thor or other powerful. This is a good thing. Let me tell you why I believe that. There's something about when the word touches the eternity in our hearts that, and starts to wake us up, the things we start to take pleasure in things that are related to that eternity in our hearts. You know, the writer, the songwriter, the, the teacher, all of those things. See, I believe Justin is a warrior. Justin is, 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 is battle worn and he's beautiful. And I think he carries this dynamic power in his spirit. And I think when his Marvel group gets together to me, it's just, a, I'm serious. Y'all can laugh because it is funny. But the thing is, is, I believe that's part of the eternity on his heart. I, I see him with wings in a battle, doing what, doing what the warriors do. And I see Brittany Grisham writing music for the angel choir. You know, I see Jonathan directing. I see these things because the word of God has awakened the eternity in your heart and you are touching things that you know nothing about yet. But I don't believe the things that we love and enjoy and are engaged in our gifts and our abilities go away when we go there. It's just an extension, and I love that, the awakening of eternity as by the Word of God. The second thing is this breath, this breath of God, and I'm going to teach you from the piano a second. The Word tells us that there is a ruah, a breath of God, and it is that breath of God that flows across. The Scripture says um, that all Scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is God breathed. And when I was a kid, that was just so amazing to me. And, and I was so visual and I would open up the Bible. That word that is used there is P-N-E-O and it is Neo, Neo. And it is literally to, to blow across the page. And so as a kid, I would grab my Bible and I would open it up and I could, I could feel this breath coming across the page and coming to life. Do you understand that this breath that it talks about is the same word used when it talks about the Holy Spirit that is the breath of God that's released in the earth, that, that neo, that, that, that ruach. Ruach is the breath of God. And I believe the pages of the word, when we allow them to begin to have authority over our life, those pages begin to breathe over us. 
and I was upstairs. Everybody thinks this is about something else, but I was praying and I was like, Lord, I, I just want more of that breath. I need the Ruah of God. And guys, you need the Ruah of God. You need the breath of God in your life, especially if you're going to start writing these songs and, and singing and releasing your gifts. We want them to be anointed by God, that you could be fruitful, utilizing that thing that has been awakened on the inside of you. And I was upstairs and I was thinking it and I just started to sing to him from that place. Oh, how we need, oh, how we long, oh, how our hearts do pant for you. quickly is to open up the pages of this book and to allow it to breathe over your life, to allow it to have authority. Let it be the dividing line. You know what? Here's the thing. Nature reclaims nature. You can mow this week and you can weed eat, but if you go another month without doing that, nature will reclaim what you have done. Our natures are like that. And this right here, this is the landscaping. This is the thing that shapes our life, that allows us to walk away from the old base nature and to become more than we are without it. I revert when I stay out of the word, even if I'm attending church, even if I'm doing all the right things, when I begin to neglect the word of God in my life, what happens to me is I become double-minded. I don't make decisions well. 
I struggle with things that I don't normally struggle with. And when that starts to happen, I'm like, oh, I know what it is. I'm dealing with flesh instead of the eternity that is written on my heart. And those things, the old nature, that grass is growing up again. And what happens is we live our lives among weeds instead of taking the word of God in order to touch that eternity and change things. So we have the seed and we have the breath and we have the testimony. Scripture says that everything needs to be confirmed by two or three witnesses. Pastor Ronnie did the most amazing teaching on this probably about 10 years ago, but it was so good. Uh, And he had shared about how, you know, when you're in a court of law, it is the testimony of the people that decides the outcome of the event of the trial. And When it comes to the word of God, we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. Scripture tells us that, I was going to share it with you if I can get it right. Scripture tells us in 1 Peter 23, nope, that's what we read at the beginning. Here's what scripture tells us. (laughs) Scripture tells us that after the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, Jesus appeared to many. It says that he appeared to Peter. He appeared to the disciples. He appeared to more than 500 people. Then he appeared to James. And then Paul says, and he also appeared to me. He made, uh, gave a revelation. So we're pushing you know, a few hundred of those contemporaries that give testimony to establish a thing. And guys, let me tell you, this this is all we have of this God that we say we love. This is his story. This is all of the information that we have on him. When my mom passed away 10 years ago, she had a last will. And it has been my heart's desire to fulfill everything in her will because it was important to her. It was important to her. And the things that she said on those two pages were important to me. This is his last will and testament. This is what he has left for you. These are his wishes. This is his desire. And he has the authority to back up everything that is in here. They're the testimonies, the established word of God. It is the timeline. It is the before Christ and after. that The word of God draws a timeline in our lives. First testimonies, though, didn't come from that word. My first testimonies came from this man and this woman. He looks kind of like Randy Travis, doesn't he? (laughs) That's my dad, and that's my mom. And I chose those pictures because it was the one and only time that she stood on this platform. And I think Pastor Ronnie, you know, she was just supposed to share like, you know, two or three minutes. And then she started getting happy. If you look on the bottom... She started, and I'm, and I'm over in the wings going, Mama, Mama. But she was happy. These people taught me about Jesus. These people laid a foundation in my life for Jesus. From Chicago to Oliver Springs to Coalfield to now, they laid the foundation. And guys, your testimony matters. You are a witness. You are one of the witnesses. You get to help establish that this is true and genuine and valid because you are walking the planet now and the authority that it has in your life changes everything. The seed 
that is imperishable, never stops working. God watches over his word to perform it. He who began a good work in you will be faithful to complete it. The breath of God breathing across the pages and the testimonies of those who sit beside you and have gone before you. And here's the beautiful thing. When all of that happens, that would be enough to have the guidance and the direction of the Holy Spirit, to have the life-giving promises. All of that would be enough. But there's something that happens when you submit your life to Him, and it is that God begins to make you fruitful. God begins to make you fruitful. But (laughs) But the fruit of the Spirit... Hi, babe. I did, I did, I said fruit. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, righteousness. You know these, but I love when it says the fruit of the breath. The fruit of the breath of God, the fruit of the Spirit of God. As you begin to allow this to reign supreme in your life, as you begin to devour it, there is a fruit that happens. There's a hunger that happens. And for me, it was it was just everything, every time something would hit me, the ladies who went on retreat, I would dig another well in the Word. And, and so if, if I was facing a battle, I started studying And the Lord started giving me stuff on what giant, (laughs) or if I was in a hole, you know, or if I was in a weak spot, he gave me this on come strong. The fruit of God in your life just begins to be this hunger for the word. You just can't get enough of it. And that fruit begins to manifest. That creativity comes out. That eternity on your heart starts to come out when you allow the word to reign. But some of the best fruit, some of the coolest fruit that I can share with you 40 years ago, that man and woman on the, or that kid and one, those two people on the left headed down an aisle thinking, oh, this is going to be fun. And then on the other 40 years later, you can see the gray hair. And that has, you guys can come on out. It has a whole lot to do with this next picture. (laughs) Two became many. God has been so faithful. That's the fruit of a life lived under the authority of the word. And you know what's even cool? The word says that the sins of the father are visited upon the sons. But that same word says that the, the, the goodness of God, the blessing of the Lord extends to a thousand generations. And so my life has been fruitful. And the beautiful thing is now their lives are fruitful. Now God is doing, bringing fruit. That's Aaron, that's Katie and Hal. And uh, Matt was ordained here. The, you know, Dustin runs the cafe. The fruit that is in their lives is the continuing those generational things. And that's what the word of God does in your life. But as if that wasn't enough, then he gave me you. He gave me you. We get to do life together. We get to have a community together. We get to celebrate each other's joys and hardships and sadness together because that is the fruit of living a life under the authority of the word. I want that. I tried it the other way and it did not go well. And my bell bondsman, I mean, never mind. It didn't go well. I'm teasing, I wasn't arrested, they couldn't catch me. Anyway. (laughs) The fruit of a life lived under the authority of the word. Guys, there's nothing like it, nothing like it. 
So the invitation today would be, what are you waiting for? You have the breath of God. You have the imperishable seed in front of you. And you have the testimony of millions who have gone before and hundreds who sit beside you. Will you embrace this word of God that will bring life today? Would you stand? We're going to worship.